Listeners, it's been a long time. We've been uh, on a hiatus. Yeah, a sabbatical. If you listen to our last podcast, you might know why we were having a big issues with our management team. Management they were team. just messing up the audio. Audio was horrible. <laughs> so, so we had to regroup and rethink our purpose of why we're doing this. Yeah, exactly. And so we fired everyone. We fired everyone except us. Yeah, and Hannah still has one dollar that we've made off this podcast, and so she's still hoarding it. So she might be fired next. It's a dollar fifty-four. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I we have a special guest. I just have something that I want to say first. Okay. Um. Today, I was on Facebook, and no. I saw uh some posts from Tessa that she was selling some items on Facebook. And I thought, there's no way Tessa owns these things. Uh, and so I texted her and said, I thought she got hacked. Turns out she does own these things. I am high tech. So, Tessa is richer than we thought. Yep. We've got an Apple Pencil. We've got an Apple Keyboard. we got a GoPro. And we're selling them. So look me up on Facebook <laughs> if you want to buy them. Yeah. Because we realize we don't use them nearly enough for the work that they It's sweet. But we are high tech. You are high tech. You guys are not quite Inspector Gadgets, but you're close. We're close. But now we're downsizing and becoming minimalists again. Yeah, Judy. I know. She's – I'm going to fire her. <laughs> um, hold on. Judy. You can edit that out. Um, I'm going to move to an office, actually, because she will probably do that again. Okay. So cool. we have a very special guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this guest has ever listened to our podcast, actually. Oh, yeah. So, we'll have to ask. We'll have to ask. That'll be a burning question. The special guest is one half of my DNA. Well, that was a weird way to say that. <laughs> um, but we are introducing our guest as Andy Kaser. Hey, hey. There he is. I'm here. Here hey. he is. He's a busy man, so we got to make this efficient. Andy, I need to say something first. What would you like me to call you? Call me Andy. All right. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Okay. Dad, can you give us a brief bio of where you were born, what you do, things like that? Just a short 20, wait, let's, one minute bio. One minute. Okay. <laughs> I, I was born, my dad was on a business trip in, for a year in Michigan, and I was born in Detroit, but I grew up in Miami and um went to a couple private schools first i went to public school then a couple private schools then back bougie. back to public school um graduated from palmetto in miami went to university of florida okay yeah go gators, go gators. <laughs> became an engineer kind of the long process <laughs> how long did it take you yeah how long uh, seven years i think how, how many how long how many times do you think you got accepted to us accepted yeah only one time but you had to beg to be let back in right actually i i came back on conditions mm. so, so i met with the dean before i left and um explained why i was leaving and they said well that's not a good reason so i gave them a better reason that I just kind of came up with on the spot. And they said, okay, <laughs> then if you do that, you can come back. So 
I left, I dropped out and went down to Miami and was working construction for a while and then decided to go back and I got my degree, engineering degree. And I've been an engineer for 33 years, building airports, designing and building airports. I, I lead the Florida group for that, for a really big company. And I'm married to Connie. Ooh, ooh. And Connie's a great wife and, and a great companion, my best friend. Aww. And we do a lot of things together. We work out, we hang out, we do do so many things. But and then the two uh, Tessa and Milena, two girls, and Michael, our boy. So we've we've moved around a little bit, but we're in uh, Clearwater now. We love Clearwater, and yeah. you got to come by and check out our place. Oh yeah, I need to. I want to. I Even love when Clearwater. I'm not there, you can go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and Andy, can you maybe explain how you are now kind of related to me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tessa <laughs> met John in her, in like her sophomore year. I think John was just coming up there. Married John Portlock, who grew up next door to Anne. And Anne and John's dad are brothers. So... Good job. I didn't well, know, I I am, know that. To be I am like a brother, kind of a brother-in-law with Frank Portlock, oh. and who's actually brothers with Sam Portlock. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. that's how we're all tied together. We are connected. Okay, yeah. so get this. I feel like I could maybe call you my uncle-in-law-in-law. Yeah, that would be cool. Maybe uncle-in-law <laughs> is probably good enough. <laughs> that's good enough. Okay, I have a question about UF days. Can you tell us oh. any stories? Just there are three stories that you want to tell the audience Ooh. about your time at UF. They could be good, <laughs> bad, funny, not funny, whatever. Okay. Um, well, when I went up there, my my mom and dad took me up there, and there was a kid. So I, when I went to Palmetto, a public school in Miami, I I knew a guy that was in my phys ed class, Dave Holtz. And the only reason I knew him is because he was in phys ed at Palmetto. Palmetto is a big school. It's uh, like thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And I took phys ed twice a day at that school. So I, I was out of like seven classes, two, two a day were phys ed. And Dave Holtz was in my phys ed class. And this is like 12th grade or 11th grade. And one day I pushed him like for no reason, just like <laughs> standing behind him. And he got really mad and was like, angry and was didn't know why I did it never talked to him never talked to him again and I was up at University of Florida at a hotel waiting going outside to get something because my mom and dad took me up there and I saw him walking down University Boulevard with a University Boulevard with a duffel bag and I I acted like he was my best friend I said Dave he's like he's the only guy I knew so I was like, Dave, what's going on? And I went up and I started talking to him. And then we we talked for a while. We became like best friends. And then I lived with him for like three years. What? Your did enemy. You like, did you yeah, ever so acknowledge? I forgot that? about, you know, the whole phys ed thing immediately. I never cared about that. But I, I mean, he was just like my instant friend. And we've been friends ever since. But his whole his whole story is incredible. But he he's uh, still a good friend of mine. That's one story. Okay, that's a good Wait, one. Quick follow-up question. Did you and Dave ever acknowledge the phys ed situation? Oh, yeah. We we acknowledged. We we just sat around and talked, like, 
all the time about us both growing up in Miami. And we had a lot of mutual friends and uh, about those kinds of stories and, and that a specific one and uh, just laughed about it. Oh, that's cute. Good story. Now I got I got other ones, but some of them get pretty crazy. So it's I, all right. No, we're here for the crazy. We yeah, here for the crazy. I don't think you guys are here for the crazy. Dad, you've told every one of the people that listen to this probably yes. the same story. <laughs> well, I think um, you know, I, I did I did come up there with a party attitude. And you don't uh, say pretty, pretty hard partying attitude, a lot of lot of drinking and other things. And so when I went up there, it was just like I was pretty much ready to take off and elevate that. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Simpson Hall and I was really happy when I went over to Simpson Hall and saw my dorm room, even though it's one little room. I grew up at one point sharing a room with two brothers. So I was OK with having a little room and sharing that with somebody. I was like, I really like that. So mm-hmm. I went to the dorm room, I saw the dorm room. I liked the dorm room. And I think the first night I was there, very first night, I, I heard these guys said, hey, there's like frat parties on Rat Row. And I was like, I didn't even know what that meant, but they pointed it out to me. Like they said, just start walking down that street. So I started walking down the street and there was like, you know, you know, Frat Row, there's like 10 frats. And uh-huh. at, that, at that time it was 1986. No, that time was not. No, that was 1979. Sorry, that was, when I graduated from high school, you only had to be 18 to be legal to drink. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so the fraternities were just wide open keg parties, you know, mixed liquor, uh, every one of them, you know, and just open to anybody who walked up, you mm-hmm. know, anybody who went there. So I pretty much started just going in and out of every one of them, walking up that street and it was really hard for me to figure out how to get back to the dorm after all that (laughs) but that was my my first day and then a lot of the people that I ended up hanging around with in college were um people from South Florida so I think the South Florida people liked hanging out with each other because we we kind of got got um got each other better than we did with the other people so Mm-hmm. So the dorm and my friends in the dorm were mostly from South Florida, but I, I was going to study mathematics and my dad, I called my dad and he goes, what are you majoring in? I said, mathematics. And he said, uh, you're never going to make any money in mathematics, you know, being a professor or whatever. So I switched like that day to engineering. Nice. And, that's and like the next best thing. So that's what I, that's what I've been doing. But but um, I think one of the things that happened when I got there is my dad called me. There was one phone in the in the dorm room that was on the wall. And, you know, so it wasn't like today, like there was a phone in every dorm and it was on the wall. My dad called me. I said, hey. And he goes, did you did you get some ticket tickets lately and driving tickets? And I said, yes. <laughs> he said, well, I just got a, a letter that they. Uh, suspended your license for a year for like 26 points a year <laughs> yeah and um over oh like you could only get like 12 a year but like you can only get like 24 over three years so oh, I hit the second threshold and 
I didn't, I was just keeping track of the per year thing. I didn't realize this per three year thing. And so he said, well, I go, wow, that's sorry about that. <laughs> he said, they, um, they suspended your license for a year and they canceled my company car insurance for the entire family. Oh my God. What? So I How'd said, you get so many tickets. Oh, just, you know, speed and reckless driving. The, the last ticket I got was driving on St. Augustine Beach, where the speed limit's like 20 and I was going like 35. It was really not even that fast. Yeah, that's and, not uh, I got that. But yeah, that's that's something that, yeah, I, when I remember that, I remember, man, if I was my dad making that call, that would have pissed me off pretty bad. Yeah. If Wait, we so- did that, that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. What do you think you would have done if Tessa, if that happened to Tessa? I would have been okay with it. I would have just kind of like said, well, you know, you got to learn how to drive better and you know, <laughs> be more careful and definitely try not to get any more tickets, but you won't have to worry about it for a year because you're not going to be able to drive. So when you start driving again, I'd just be more careful. I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty uh, lenient on her. Why? You wouldn't be mad? I'd be disappointed, but oh, that's worse. I'm not really mad. <laughs> I think I think my dad was pretty disappointed, but he wasn't really mad. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's pretty bad to get the whole comp- the whole family's insurance revoked. You know, I never really thought about it till like many years later. You know, I, at the point it happened, I didn't even think about it. But but like ten years later, or even longer, and even more now. When I think about it, I go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he I, he heard that from me and I had to be the one to tell him. Oh, but at yeah. the time, I didn't think about it. Did you stick to it? Like, did you actually not drive for a year? Or did you keep driving? Yeah, I, di- I didn't drive for a year. Wow. Good That's, for you. Look at you following the rules. Yeah. So so I guess um, the third the third story would be that. um you know, I had to I had to drop out and withdraw a few different times, but I I did um, I was able to do good in classes when I tried. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the last time I was I was in the um, uh, I was withdrawing the I went to the front desk. I had withdrawn like three times already, you know. So I, this was like my fourth time, and I just told, I told the lady at the front desk I'm withdrawing, and I filled out the paperwork, and and she, you know I'm like I wasn't in any any uh, I didn't have much patience. I wasn't like hanging around or anything, and she said, "Well, the dean wants to talk to you before you before you leave," and I said, well, "The dean? What's the dean want to talk? I never even met the dean. I, I didn't even know what he looked like. I didn't you know I was in my last year, but I I had never met the dean." or I didn't ever want to meet him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so the Dean, I went into a room and the Dean was there with three other professors, like th- about three other professors sitting around a table and they had a table, a chair waiting for me. So I, I sat down and they said, why, why are you leaving? And um, I said, uh, my mom's, my mom's an alcoholic and she's bipolar and I'm going home to like help her. And I, I made that up completely. No, you didn't. I, what? I didn't expect anybody to ask me, so I just it just came out of nowhere. I just made it up, and uh, they they said because um, there's no real way to explain why I was I was withdrawn to them, 
you know? So, so they were like, um, that's not gonna, that's not adequate. You're not coming back. You know, this is the last time you're leaving. So I said, um, well, actually I, I, I think I have a drinking and a, a drug problem and I'm going to leave and I'm going to go get help. And then I'm going to come back. I also made that up because I had no intention <laughs> of getting any help. But I just came up with that because the first one didn't work. And they said, well, if you do that, you can come back. So, wow. Quick so thinker. Then, yeah, that is a quick thinker. Quick liar. I, I actually forgot all about that because I really didn't care. I wasn't even thinking of when I was coming back. I just wanted to get out of that situation and left, went down to Miami spent some time working construction, but got completely crazy in Miami. I was completely out of hand and then ended up uh, going into a rehab center, getting sober and then going back. Then I was going to go to university of Miami and, uh, and I figured out I had to take like a whole extra semester. If I went to university of Miami instead of university of Florida. So I, I told my dad, I'm going to go back to University of Florida because I remembered that conversation. And he said, well, you can't go back there. There's no way you're going back there that you were just you were crazy up there. I mean, you can't go back there. And I said, I got to go back there. That's where that's where I can get my degree in two semesters. That's where I got to go. So he thought that was it for me when I went back there. Mm -hmm. I went back and it was no problem. They let me right back in and no questions asked. Had the two semesters and I was done. Wow. wow. Did you stay sober for those two semesters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And you know those people we tailgate with? Me? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So they're at our tailgates, like, all the time. Oh, they're yeah, a yeah. couple, a married couple. That's who we lived with. What? It was last year, right? Oh, no. Actually, I those people, oh. they lived next door to me, like, when I was completely wild. And then... My last my last year when I went up there, I found I looked in the newspaper and found a house where this married couple lived and went and visited them. They were like three miles from campus and lived with them. They had like they were just like the boringest house you could ever live in. It's the perfect <laughs> house. For me. It was the perfect house for me. Yeah. I was like in a room in their house, just like, hey, this is my situation. I've got one year left and. I'd come back and sometimes those people, those, the married couple, they'd, they'd like be stoned and stuff sitting there and uh, they'd go, Hey, Andy, uh, the next day they go, Hey, we're sorry. Uh, last night. I don't know if you noticed. I said, listen, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Connie just walked in. Say hi, Connie. Hi, Connie. Hi, Connie. Hi, Ann and Tessa. What's happening? We're recording. Nothing, just recording. <laughs> Do you, well, any, do you have anything to say? No, I've heard all these stories before. <laughs> how, many many times times. You, how many times do you think you've heard each one? Oh, probably about 20. <laughs> That's not even that much. I think yeah, I've heard them like bad. 20 times. I think she just tunes them out sometimes when he goes <laughs> into it. it. That's it. Um, so, She's walking away. She's heard it too many times. But you She'll know, listen to this podcast. When we're but done. you know what? To be to be straight up and honest, mm -hmm. there's so many things I would couldn't even come close to telling, saying to anything public about. But but all those days are over. You know, I mean, that was in college, and fortunately, I lived and and uh, got through it. In the end, I I did really well in my last year. So, 
Yeah. You're smart. You just don't didn't apply yourself. One one day though, I was walking down the hallway when I got back. And uh-huh. one of the professors saw me that I used to have that I, I just was blew off his class one too many times. And he saw me walking down the hallway on Halloween. It was Halloween. OK, it's the middle of the day. Like nobody cares about Halloween. But mm-hmm. he said to me, um, Dr. Townsend, he's a Ph.D. in geotechnical engineering. He sees me walking by. Now I'm sober. Right. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. to school. He goes, What'd you dress up as this year, Andy? A student? Uh, That's a good one. Oh man, I was so mad. At first, <laughs> at first I laughed because it was funny, but mm-hmm. I was mad for like a year uh, over that. I didn't say anything to him, but I was like, he was so like, you know, he was kind of mad. That's why he said it. So. Yeah. Good job. You made a professor mad. I'm yeah, sure he, you made yeah, a Yeah, I, I burned a little bit of a bridge on that one, but. But, uh, you know, I ended up having a different professor. And, you know, when I took that, had to take that class again. So the next guy was a lot nicer. So talking about the getting sober, uh, we wanted to ask you how, like, so it seems like you switched your addiction from coffee. I mean, from drinking alcohol to drinking coffee. And I think our listeners would be interested to know how much coffee and what kind of coffee you drink a day. That's interesting that you started it out that way. Why? Switched my addiction. Uh, to totally did. <laughs> from alcohol to caffeine. Well, let me just, just say for that. For you that, call it um, your meth lab. I don't know that, what else to call you. What? Well, I, did, I did have an espresso, and I am looking at the espresso machine. I had one five seconds before we met. <laughs> and I had several today. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that I've always been 100% pedal to the metal, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's caffeine. It's a whole bunch of things. So um, I, I didn't drink coffee, right? A lot of coffee right away when I quit drinking. I, I, uh, when I quit drinking, I still smoked cigarettes and, and uh, I chewed tobacco and I had other things that I had to come off of over over time mm-hmm. but eventually i started drinking caffeine and and uh i've been loving caffeine for the last 30 years so um i mean it's just something about drinking caffeine just makes me feel really good so <laughs> would you would you give up caffeine or meat first me <laughs> would you give up caffeine what if you can only eat vegetables or you have to give up caffeine? You know, I've actually been, been uh, thinking about um, and learning a little bit about plant-based diets. Oh. Uh, oh. And, and the benefits of plant-based diets, but... You I hate probably, vegetables. You, did you say, would I quit eating vegetables or quit drinking coffee? No, no, no. Would you... Okay, I, I don't... I feel like I'm wording this badly. Your option is you can still drink caffeine, but the only food you're allowed to eat is vegetables. Or that's option A. Option B is no caffeine. We can eat whatever you want. I don't think I like either one of those. (laughs) You have to pick one. I can't even pick either one of those. Those those are not fair. He really doesn't like vegetables. Yeah, I I just don't want to do that. Okay, you don't have to. (laughs) 
How many shots it's, do you think you, know you have a it day, would, though? It would make me sad to, yeah. to do either one of those. Yeah. I, mean, I would miss caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. How many shots do you think you have a day? Uh, should I be honest or you want me to lie? Honest. Be honest. Okay. Hmm. Eight. And yeah. is a shot a double shot or is that a single shot? Six doubles. So 12. It's hard for me to tell the difference between a double and a single, but <laughs> almost everything I drink is double. Okay. <laughs> everything he drinks is intense, no matter what it is. Okay. Also, how do you think, like, does caffeine fuel, fuel your workout regimen, do you think? It helps. Like, yeah. like today I woke up at like 5.15, did a little bit of work, and then I, I was getting ready to go running uh, for an hour. So I had a couple double espressos before I started running. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it just, it's kind of like just helps. Yeah. Would yeah. you notice a difference? Sometimes it helps. It? Sometimes it helps a lot. <laughs> Is that like when you have a special kind of, a different, a special kind of bean or something? Well, it's like, you know, I, I have gimmicks for everything I do. So yeah. if, if I'm going to go running, I got the headphones, I got the electrolytes with salt in them and carbohydrates and protein and oh, the, yeah. the shots and the, and I got rock and roll playlists and great headphones. I mean, I've, I've got all this stuff and it helps me do all the painful uh, workouts that I do. You got to tell, okay. You got to tell Ann about how much your bike probably costs. Yeah. Oh, my bike wasn't that much for a bike. It's like, um, it's like 2,500 for the bike and about 1,500 for the wheels that go on the bike. The pedals are 1,200. You say that's not that much. That's a the lot. The pedals are power pedals. So they, they're Garmin power pedals. They measure your wattage output while you're riding. Your wattage output? Yeah, from the pressure on your, from your feet to your pedals. And then you got the Garmin, um, uh, the Garmin computer was about 700 that goes on the handlebars. Wow. It's high tech. <laughs> and uh, if you want to follow... Andy's uh, workout regimen, you can hop on Strava. Oh, yeah. He's all over Strava. Oh, yeah. But compared to a lot of people, that's that's not, you know, that's pretty par for the course because most of the people that I hang around with all have nice bikes and all the stuff that I'm talking about, they have. They all have it. Think uh, about where you started, though. Like you, so for those of you who don't know, dad used to not be into working out at all when I was growing up. I don't think that you worked out a lot ever. And now that's like, I can't even, like the fact, you probably rode the worst bike in the world if, if you rode a bike. And now you've got all these gadgets and gizmos and crazy. But you don't, but you might not remember, remember, but before you were born, Connie and I were doing triathlons. We had triathlon bikes when you were really young. Wow. And then when, when we got tired and, and kind of like tried to, you know, got it concentrating on raising you kids, that's where you met me. So it's and that's when I met fault. you. Yeah, that's okay. when you met me. I ruined your, your life. <laughs> <laughs> the dad stuff will tire you out. Okay, yeah. question. Do you think who do you think's more athletic, you or Connie? Um, that's a good question. 
Well, you know, when we used to do, when we did triathlons, both of us together, Connie would normally place in her age division. She'd either come in mm -hmm. first or second. Mm -hmm. And I hardly ever did. So for comparable to her, her, uh, you know, her, her age group and, you know, what she compares to, she's always been better than me at triathlons and, and placing and things like that. Man, go Connie. Uh -huh. But now, but now I've kind of excelled a little bit past her because I'm, I'm training harder than her now. She also had a kidney uh, removed. Oh, so that's, that's a little bit of a hiccup in her training <laughs> sessions. <laughs> Would you say that that's a little hiccup for her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. question. If you did a foot race against Connie, who do you think would win? I'd win. Yeah, a sprint you would. What about yeah. like three miles? I'd win. Thank you. Now you would. Thank you. Yep, it's me. <laughs> what about what about a half marathon? Me. <laughs> a marathon. Right now, me. <laughs> What about five years ago? Who would have won a marathon? Uh, I don't know. I think I think it was a closer. You know, I do remember the times where she was she was faster than me a little bit on certain times where we, you know, we all we were in shape at different times comparable to each other. Mm -hmm. But five years ago, it was I still think I'd be ahead of her. Man. Wow, that's confidence. Confidence. She's she going to listen to this. She just started swimming with me. I swim with a, a race club in the pool three days a week. And now Connie's been there like for a couple of weeks. She really likes it. Ooh, That's nice. good. Is it better? I'm surprised you're not swimming in the ocean anymore. What's up with that? Yeah, what happened to that? This race group is so cool because they give you they give you like all these drills and there's like 30 people and you share lanes with other people. It's like really um, it makes your your swims go by faster. And you, I'm learning like techniques and. And different, I'm learning better strokes and stuff, but there's nothing that beats the open water swimming. That, yeah. Yeah. So like if someone, if one of our listeners is like in feeling inspired at this point in the podcast and they want to get into fitness and caffeine and stuff like that, everything that you're into, maybe Iron Man stuff, what would, what would be like your tips and tricks? Your well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really consider the caffeine as something that I'm promoting. <laughs> I'm not really promoting the caffeine. You're not? No. Okay. That's not a good way to live. But but everybody who comes into my house, I offer them at least once in within the first 15 minutes uh, espresso. That is true. See, that's hospitable. So um, what I, well, find, I think the cool, the best way to really get into the um, training and the different things that I've been doing is the community. Oh, yeah. So, so I got, when I moved to Clearwater, I, I was at, I was at the long center doing a swim and, you know, training for triathlons and stuff. And then I met this, this, uh, person who was in very good shape. And they, I said, I was talking to him and they said, well, we swim with Leo. Leo, it runs all the swim communities in Pinellas County, which is where Tampa is. And so I reached out to this guy, Leo. They said, oh, but Leo has like 5,000 friends. So he won't be able to friend you on Facebook because he has the maximum amount of friends. And so I figured out how to get in touch with him. And I, I, I was brave enough to switch my 
um, routine from swimming in that pool to going to meet these guys at Clearwater Beach that met at Lifeguard Station number seven. And I walked up and I saw like seven people getting ready to do this swim that were part of Leo's group. He told me where to go. And then from then on, I just started going all the time and meeting those people. And, and uh, there's like thousands of people in that community. They swim in all kinds of different places. But in that community of people, everybody, like 70% of them have done Ironmans. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do ultra, uh, ultra races, like 100-mile races, 50-mile races. So all of them swim. They like swim, like some of them swim like three miles, four miles, five miles, 10 miles, and they do it every day. Wow. So being surrounded by people like that, it's just like a logical thing for you to totally get into it and to do, to learn more about how to do, um, you know, long distance training and different, you know, riding, running, swimming. A lot of the people there too, had never really been good swimmers and learned how to swim and now really love it. I think open water swimming um, will change a person's life completely. Wow. It'll make a huge difference in a person's whole life, not just their physical attributes or how they, how they look, but their mindset and everything. Cause it's, it's a great, it's like a thrill to be swimming in the ocean uh, in distance, you know, for like half mile or mile or, or further. It's like, getting one with nature, swimming in community with other people, um, how good it makes you feel. You know, the thing about swimming is like concentrating on your breathing and your form. Mm-hmm. When you're swimming long distance or any kind of distance, the only thing you have to do is you're, it's so boring. Like the boredom is, is a challenge. Mm-hmm. You, so you have nothing to do but focus on the, on the form and the breathing, which is like a form of meditation. And when you're done, you feel like, you just feel like a million dollars. So mm, that's a good point for the people who are, who are like thinking about what to do or how to do it is, is find the people that are doing it in your community and, and getting involved with them. And those people will change your life being in that community. So and don't, the, don't be shy. They're don't the friendliest people too. They're yeah. really friendly. There's nothing they're getting out of being in that community other than that they like doing it. Yeah. And, and there's also a lot of people like, you know, me being in a recovering alcoholic and, and uh, having my past where I, I was into, uh, like, had addiction issues, uh, people that do this stuff all have that. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know, it's not alcohol or it's not, it's not uh, drugs, which I haven't done in over 36 years myself. It's no longer about that. It's just like things that you can do that make you feel like really good and and get you to another level in your and how you feel. That's what I like. And that's that's kind of where my my uh, focus is on. And it's not only like working out, but it's work, it's community, it's relationships. It's everything that comes my way. I feel like I focus on trying to be as good at that as I can. And it gets me to another level uh, feeling that way. Period. Period. Boom. Boom. <laughs> that, that clip right there, that speech is just going to be repeated. That's going to be viral. Yeah. Viral. What are you thinking about when you're swimming? Do you ever get scared of the critters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I know for a fact that you are terrified of alligators. Oh, yeah. And sharks. I mean, so, 
so yeah, when I, I, I'm scared of alligators because alligators will bite you for no reason and end your arm or your leg or your whole body. And sharks, I was very worried about when I started swimming at, in the open water, very worried, like almost like this is dumb to do this. Sharks are going to attack me and it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's not smart. But after you do it for a while, the fear kind of dissipates and you don't worry about it anymore. But mm -hmm. there are times where every time I put my hand in front of my body, I think a shark might be snapping it off. Oh, God. That's very anxiety. It depends on my frame of mind, you know. But, yeah. but I kind of accept the fact that if that happens, that it's just it's like the price you got to pay. Yeah. But it's, very, it's so rare that once you compare the, the um, chances of that happening to the reality of that happening – it's like you can just focus your mindset on like there's nothing really to worry about. Like it shouldn't stop you from swimming. Mm -hmm. But I have been spooked like when somebody's swimming next to me or something and somehow bumps into my foot or something. Or sometimes people scare you and I do that to other people. Like <laughs> if I see them out there and you see people going, they just like stand up or just stop immediately and yell and scream. And then they realize it was a trick. So there's people say they're not worried about it, but every once in a while you see somebody freak out out there. Has anyone ever gotten mad at you about it? No. Mm -mm. Oh, nice. That's good. good <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we've got some rapid fire questions Ooh. for you coming up. Okay. Okay. Right. And you want to start with the first one? Yeah. Okay. So. Uh... Rapid fire, but also you please expound if you would uh, feel like you want to. We would love to hear your reasonings, too. So question number one is, who is your favorite child? Favorite child, none. I'm, you have to pick one. Yeah, nope. you have to. Nope, won't do it. Too bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how else to phrase that to get the answer out of you. Yeah. Who yeah. was the easiest child? Hey, yeah. Nice try. <laughs> Who was the easiest child? Easiest child. Easiest. Milena. What? Oh, She's easier than me? Her. Yeah. Why? Tess is sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Dad, I feel like Milena's way more sensitive than you could, I am. You could barely look at Tessa like without her crying. That's not true. Oh, yeah. Crying. And then, and then you, she couldn't stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> to say. We all know who the hardest child was. <laughs> yeah. Mike. Michael. Michael was very, very um, <laughs> defiant and um, independent. independent. And you know you know what? Uh, I was defiant too. So, you know, I mean, defiance, I, my, my philosophy on defiance for kids is that God created kids to be defiant so that, that they would, when they turn 18, you make them leave because that way, if they weren't defiant, you would just, they would live with you for the rest of their life. But since they're defiant, they leave at 18. So it's like God created that. That's mm. true. The natural who, pathway. Who was the least defiant? I mean, Milena and Tessa were both very non-defiant. You know, one, <laughs> one, time, one time I was tucking Milena in and she said, um, could I be more defiant? 
what? She said, should I be more defiant? She, she was like, she asked you if she should rebel. Yeah. Should I rebel? Should I rebel? And I said, well, if you want, <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> I said, you know, if it's fine with me, if you want to rebel, I mean, you know, just go ahead and let's see what it looks like. She, she didn't really, uh, she didn't really ever do it though. No, no. Good for you, Melina. It was hard to rebel when we didn't really have too many rules. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think that was the part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Why, well, you know what? Now that you ask, Ooh. I think um, Tessa oh, boy. actually went out with a couple. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, um, what's what's a good word for it? Um, Hoodlums? Guys that I would never like, ever. <laughs> oh, and, God. And I would be very disappointed if she went any further with him than just going out with him one or two times. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, I guess that was rebellion because I have no idea what she saw in these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was my rebellious phase. I, I think I'm talking about, I'm talking about at Seven Rivers. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. You're not talking about John? No, I'm not. I'm talking about when you were still in <laughs> high school. Yeah. We all know about that time. Yeah. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> All right, next question. Next question. Pros and cons of being Milena's dad, Mike's dad, and Tessa's dad. Each. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We didn't say an easy interview. Oh, pro of Milena is uh, Milena's really friendly. She's very supportive, uh, very nice. Oh, Okay, um, she's gonna get a lot, so we gotta cut you off at some point. Con, con is she makes decisions like moving to New York, <laughs> moving to the worst part of Orlando that you could possibly think of. Yeah, and then you know you have to be like, what do I say to that? You know, like <laughs> is that like, oh, good move. Um, we're proud of you. Or get the hell out. Oh <laughs> okay. Tessa. Pro is that she's um, just really, I mean, we just really like her and love her. And, um, Good Lord. I got she, nothing. <laughs> she's nice, um, very nice and sensitive. And, um, oh, no, bro. I don't know why I'm so sensitive. The con might be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Two sides of the coin. I'm getting wrecked. <laughs> you got to worry about, you know, you don't want to be, you know, get offended or say anything, but. You know, but we, I don't really have anything that I would tell her that would be offensive. So I, I don't really worry about that. I just, you know, I don't worry about her being a, a sensitive, but, um, you know, I think she's, uh, she's learning or being more insensitive because she's had the kind of jobs where she's around a lot of people and had to, had to be kind of a way tougher. And, and that's, a, that's, we're proud of her for that. I've turned so, into a hard ass. Yeah, we're proud of her for that. And then Mike, the pro is that uh, Mike is uh, is a great supporter of, of the family. Um, he's very easy to get along with. He's, he's fun to have around. He's, um, you know, someone that uh, cares about his family a lot and helps try, tries his best to, to help us do good. And, and the con is, um, uh, 
there's not really any cons. I think the, the hard part was when he was defiant, you know, that that was hard, but, but um, he kind of, he grew, he definitely grew out of that when he, when he got older and, you know, matured and wasn't confined to live in the house, like a 16 year old boy would feel that way, you know? Yeah. Go Mikey. Go Mikey. Okay. So in the same vein, we want to know the pros and cons of being John's father-in-law. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the pros are that uh, he's very, uh, very, um, uh, you know, I guess he, he tries really hard to, to, uh, to do the right thing and to um, be better at working out and, and doing CrossFit and um, doing better at his job. And he's, he tries really hard to be um, polite and uh, conscientious when he's around us and, and other people. I mean, that's the way he is. Um, and he's a good guy to have as a son-in-law for sure. Because you like to beat up on him? Oh, wait, I haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm still on the pro. Oh, okay. okay. I haven't gotten to the con. The con list is just as long. Okay, good. So the pro is that if you're gonna, if you're a father or mother, Connie, Connie just walked by. <laughs> father or mother, and um, somebody brings home uh, or introduces you to a guy like John, you're happy. Yeah. Very okay. happy. Right. Not like the other guys. But I will preface that very happy with a so far. So Ooh, far. So far. So there's room. He can still mess it up. No, he. I don't think he can. But I mean, I, it's a long road, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. a long time. And what are then, the cons? Connie, anything to add? Connie, just you know, we were driving back from Tampa with John and Tessa and I think Milena, and I was almost out of gas. So John pumped the gas. <gasps> How did he do that today? None. He always does that. He, but no, I don't know any guy that does that. Good job, John. Good job. Okay. So now I have to go to the con part. <laughs> uh, there's no real con. There's no real con. Okay, but the funny cons. The funny con? Okay, then I can go there. Um, <laughs> he's a little okay. uh, competitive. Um, and he he's very competitive, which is fine because I'm hugely competitive. <laughs> so his competitive and my competitive can get pretty... Right. I think Tessa might worry sometimes. It's so let me just say something about that real quick. We were playing pickleball a couple weeks ago and John and dad were just very competitive. Me and Mike are just basically placeholders at this point. It's just the John and dad show. <laughs> and John, they start hitting each other with the ball. And then John hits dad in the face so hard with the ball. I told him he has to stop. I said, we're done. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> and I had to break it up. Because he hit him so hard that I think dad was actually a little bit out of it after that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that does happen. Things escalate. They do so, escalate with you, but, too. But uh, the thing is, is I'm, I'm used to that. I'm, I've been around people like that my entire life. And I think he has, too. Mm -hmm. So so that makes it a lot better. It makes it a lot easier because I'm there's for me to ever say that something got to me, I won't admit it ever. Mm -hmm. ever you could you could hold a gun to my head i still won't admit it <laughs> i mean i'm i refuse to let anybody know that something bothered me except for connie maybe but 
I might tell her by accident. <laughs> <laughs> by accident. <laughs> but you know, if you if you're gonna be competitive and you're gonna be like a guy that talks a lot of smack, you you better not ever say to anybody that something bothered you. That's my philosophy. Well, so you're I, the opposite of sensitive. Well, you know, it might bother me, <laughs> but I just won't tell anybody. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, at some point, things can bother you. You know, the best possible reaction to somebody saying something to you that bothers you in front of other people is laugh with them. That's mm -hmm. my philosophy. Yeah. Always laugh with them and you'll get over it, but you don't never say anything about it. Yeah. Mm. Don't, let me think of more cons on John. <laughs> we'll give you a second. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, oh yeah, he tried to define for me one time what what um um practical jokes are because he oh. he has a lot of practical jokes. Oh no. So um, he said, you know, but my practical jokes mostly are are inflicting some kind of pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm hitting, sorry. flicking, spraying somebody with something. Oh, you mean phys not emotional pain? You mean physical pain? Physical. physical. Yes. That's his Pure, practical joke. physical. Okay. Yeah. Like him hitting me in the head with that. It wasn't a regular ball. It was a wiffle ball. It was like hard plastic. He, <laughs> he hit me from like five feet away, point blank, right in the face. <laughs> that was bad. So I'm it you. did. It did jolt me pretty hard. <laughs> but but he thinks practical joke are more like you know humor and making fun of people and not just pure 100 physical pain yeah i i say it's 100 physical pain and he said he tried to define for me that i was wrong and that he was right i go where did you come up with that you know i mean i came up with how i envision it you came up with how you envision it but i've lived like this my whole life it's always been inflicting physical pain in your mind yeah yeah he's like no i don't think so that's the kind of discussions we have. Mm. <laughs> Very cerebral. Yeah. Very okay. Cool. I have another question. Ready? Yeah. What's more important, brains or beauty? Brains or beauty? Oh. <laughs> I think you got to have both, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both? Yeah. I mean, I think you. it helps a lot to... To have, you know, to be decent. Um, I, this is very superficial. I, I feel like it's too superficial for you and your crowd. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying that our, our crowd doesn't have one of those? I'm thinking that your crowd is like thinking that's superficial if you say that a person should try to look good and, you know... Yeah, That's don't important. think about what we'll think. I'm yeah. just asking I you. Have to you because think. you guys will judge me. No, we won't. We're not going to judge you. We're here to learn. Yeah. For me personally, even if I'm doing terrible and I might be ready to, you know, go crazy or do something like that, I swear this is very serious. Okay. Even though I feel like, even though I've been like that many times too, mm -hmm. by the way, I have, I have been in situations where I've lost hope or I felt um really like things were really almost too challenging to continue to go on but i i felt like that many times i still think if you look good you've got half the battle won yeah you know that's an honest answer it's honest that's all we want hey it, it actually works pretty well too 
You really? Yeah, you. It's like that thing where you say "fake it till you make it," act as if, all those things. Oh yeah. If you your know, confidence is key. Yeah. Even though I felt that way, felt hopeless, or felt like the challenges were too big to surmount, of real life things, not just you know nothing, but big problems or issues. I've uh, always um, felt like just walking through it and trying to 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 uh, look the part of what I'm supposed to be um, is important, even though people say, you know, that's kind of fake or whatever, but it, it helps just to, you know, keep the ship going in the right direction, even though everything's falling apart. Yeah. I like it. Not like nice. <clears throat> all right. So for, all right, we've been <laughs> recording for about 55 minutes. So in these last like five minutes, we have a few questions few more questions. We just did a round of questions that was more expound. These ones, uh, similar, but just we've got about one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven questions that we're going to try to get in in five minutes. Are you ready? That's a lot of questions in five minutes. Yeah, it's rapid fire. Yeah, okay, exactly. Some of the answers got to be short, too. Yeah, like yeah. second answers. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Would you rather Kanye or Snoop Dogg be your dad? Snoop. I knew you were going to say that. That's the right answer, honestly. Yeah. Do you have a okay. reason or just that's what yeah, you it is? I don't really know Kanye. <laughs> I figured that would be the reason. But you know Snoop Dogg pretty well. I think he's cooler. Yeah. yeah. When, yeah. I, when Snoop Dogg first came out, before you guys probably were even born, uh-huh. I, I thought that's a, real, that's a real rapper right there. I mean, that guy, just look at him. I mean, that guy is... Uh, <laughs> He 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 was made for that. Man. Oh yeah, he, I, he's he's cool from you know he's got that cool look from beginning to end and the way he talks and you know for that I just uh, that guy I've never seen a rapper like him. Yeah, role model. Wow, Snoop, this is a Snoop Dogg uh, shout, big Snoop Dogg shout out. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question. Uh, first of all, do you know who Kim Kardashian is? Just the name. I don't know who she is. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll just ask you the question. Would you let Kim Kardashian be your attorney? Be my attorney? Yeah. She's a lawyer, too. No. Okay, that's all we need. Find a better one. Yeah, cool. you can find a better one. You can find a better one. Okay. okay. Oh, wait, what? Have you ever lied to skip work? Yes. Oh! Everyone has, right? Yeah. You haven't, Anne? I don't think so. Oh, I have. To skip work. Yep, I've liked. No. Yeah, I've worked. I've worked since I was fifteen oh. at different jobs. So yeah, like you know, you know what I mean. I yeah, we know. I also had work from home, so that's just it's just, you know it's not as complicated. Uh, okay, will you read your most recent text message that you sent? Right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the most recent one was where it was, wait, okay, that was the test about this, so I won't go to that one. Yeah, don't do that one. Oh, I, um, I was explaining to a client how I found a file that I lost. It says, I had two folders in email for the same job, have to fix that. That's my last uh, text message. Nice. To nice. a client. <clears throat> All right. Okay. 
You got a test. What's your least ideal job? I think right now it's probably a, a bus boy. Ooh, that's your least ideal? Yeah, because I, I had that job when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't like it then, and I, I probably wouldn't like it now. Yep, understandable. It could get, there could be a lot worse jobs than that, but that's the first one that comes to my mind. I like it. And relevant. You've had experience. Um, okay, last one of these questions. What's something you've done on the clock that you would be most embarrassed about? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've been working a long time. Oh, with us, honesty. Oh, man. <laughs> There's so many things. They go from A to Z. Tell us just two. Two. Um, <laughs> I can't even. Oh, okay. I got one. So I was down and I was on this field engineering job down in Homestead at the, and we were building a bunch of condos and I was a new engineer, right? I was brand new. Um, and I was out in the field with a radio and, and trying to help my boss build stuff. And he told me not to use the, the, you know, never going to the country club. Right. Yeah. Because that was for the people that, you know, the people that were members there. And I was just, I was an engineer working out in the field and uh, building this stuff. So one day I got this mud all over me. And um, so I decided I would go into the country club and take a shower in the country club shower. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was in the shower with, you know, and he told me not to do that. Right. So uh-huh. like, I'm, right I mean, it's, it's a very, it's not that big of a place. So I would have definitely probably got fired if he figured out I did it. So I was a little worried about that. So I was in the shower and I left my radio out where all the, you know, I, there's no members of the country club in the, in the locker room. Uh-huh. But I left my clothes out there with the radio out there oh. in the shower. And I hear him going, his number was seven and I was eight. He was going, seven to eight. Where are you? Seven to eight. <laughs> in the locker room with my radio sitting right there. And those guys were just like listening to the, my boss call me. And they knew that somebody who worked there was in the shower. And I was pretty embarrassed <laughs> right then. That I was pretty sure I was going to get fired too. Did you? No, nothing happened. Wow. Well done. But when you guys work for a long time, you're going to have a whole bunch of things to fill. Are that there in. things that you just won't tell us? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh like 20 things I won't tell you. Okay. Well, I guess that's all we get. Okay. okay. All uh, right. And you want to explain how we usually close these out? Yeah. So those are that's the end of our questions. And we, first of all, thank you. This is Thank you. Awesome. I really appreciate you giving us an hour of your time. Uh, and well, first of all, before we go, is there any last thing you want to say to the listeners or to us? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> Easy. Then our final, final request, which you can, you have autonomy. You can say yes or no to is sometimes some of our guests grace us with a little jingle. They sing a little song to like close out the podcast. So uh, if you'd like to sing a song, you can do that. Yes or no? No. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So well, counter. <laughs> to what? Well, then uh, the other option is uh, you could tell us to sing a song. Tell us your favorite song and we'll sing it to close us out. Tell you uh, my favorite song, you'll sing it? Yeah. You can uh, join if you want. Yeah. Let's say um, Mary Had a Little Lamb. All right. <laughs> your favorite Did song. not think that was going to be it, but we can do that. Three. Go ahead. Two. Two. One. Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Her fleece was the whitest snow. Oh, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for being a distinguished guest and for your motivation. And you might get some new follows, followers on Strava. Oh, yeah. Okay. At Andy Kaser on Strava. Yeah, go follow him, everyone. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, guys. That was fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Say bye, bye Connie. See ya. Bye, Mia. See ya.